0: All right, guys, you are Locked On Falcons. I'm one of your hosts, Aaron Freeman, joined by my co host, Alan Stirk for another Falcons Historian Shootout, where we pepper two guests, this time both from The Falcoholic, Dave Choate and Kevin Knight, about their trivia knowledge of the Falcons 2008 season.
1: You are Locked On Falcons, your daily Atlanta Falcons podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.
0: So guys, you know me, I'm Aaron Freeman, I've been covering the Falcons for many years. I'm on Twitter at Fans and of course, the host of this Locked On Falcons podcast, your daily Atlanta Falcons podcast, right here in the Locked On Podcast Network, joined by my co-host, Alan Sterk, a former contributor to to the Falcoholic. You know him on Twitter as Alan underscore Stirk. That's A-L-L-E-N underscore S-T-R-K. And we are back for another Falcons Historian Shootout, which is our continuing series in which we pit two Falcon bloggers, writers, radio personalities, fans, whatever, against each other in a trivia contest. We've been doing this tournament so far to find out who knows the most Falcons trivia. And we revisit recent Falcon seasons over the last 15 or so years from 2004 to 2018. And we are now at the 2008 season, the beginning of the Matt Ryan era, the beginning of the Mike Smith era. Alan, let's uh, jump right into it.
2: Well, how are you going to forget the other name? Like, like, come on, Like, don't disrespect my dad like that.
0: The Thomas Dimitrov season. Yes, you're right. The the, the era began. I forgot process about it. began. It's it's process. hard it's hard to it's hard to keep track of Thomas Dimitrov because he's been around so long. You just kind of forget that. Oh yeah, like that was the beginning of that as well. So you're right.
2: He he, he survived a couple of years. We gotta say there's some years he won whatever award, executive or AP whatever award you want to give. The general manager. He's won it a few times. He also almost been fired a few times. he's, he's been through the ringer.
0: I think Ryan Grigson also won that award, so it's it's kind of pointless as well.
2: But. Uh, Ryan P- Ryan Pace as well. Like it's not, it's not all. It's rough.
0: Year. It's rough. Coach of the year and GM of the and executive of the year. You got some great ones. You got some bad ones, and you're like, hmm, that posterity does not hold up on some of those uh, award winners.
2: And look, some people might disagree, but I don't think Demetrius had total blunders. Like he's obviously had some bad personal moves, but I don't think he's completely dropped the ball. We no. definitely he's had some very bad off scenes. Like you look from 2012 to 2014, good majority of that, like other than trading for Asante Samuel, uh, was there any other good moves in there? Like we love OC and we love Stephen Jackson, but we can't say those are good signings.
0: Yeah, you know, you're right. It's, it's really the free agent moves that really sort of hold Dimitrov back from because it's just outside of, you know, the Michael Turner's, which was signed in the 08 season, and the, the Alex Max. You know, and those types of guys and, you know, some of those traits like Asante and, and Tony Gonzalez, you know, you're not looking at a, a illustrious list of, of great free agent signings. You know, John Osimo, he, he was a great one. You know, we could we could na- we could probably name all of them and it wouldn't be that long of a list over 12 oh, well, we, years. I'm trying we can name
2: a few. Let's give a few more mentions. Like, look, I'll give it to him. I thought the Muhammad's new sign was it, it worked up pretty <laughs>
0: well. No comment.
2: Uh, Mike Pearson, I thought was a very uh, savvy signing.
0: Yes, yes. Um, hmm. Hmm.
2: I I love Paul Solio, I can't I can't I mean, fully we endorse a, it.
0: Are we gonna put Brooks Reed on the list?
2: Oh, I'll put Dontari Poe, even though it was one year, I'm putting Don Poe.
0: Okay. Are we putting Jack Crawford on the list?
2: I'll put Jack Crawford on the list. All right, we put Der-
0: Are we putting Derek, Derek Shelley Sheldon? on the
2: list? Ah, <laughs> I I
0: don't think Brooks Reed was
2: the worst. Oh, Adrian Claiborne.
0: Claiborne's a good one. Yep.
2: Yeah, you know, for every Lauren Hankerson, there's a Adrian
0: Claiborne. Yeah, you know, you got Muhammad Sanu. I got Aldrick Robinson. I'll take it.
2: Hey, you know what? Aldrick, so he was a threat. I'm trying to think what key, like, man, we'll get to the 2016 season in the final, but like, I'm trying to think of other big plays besides the Carolina. I remember Ryan. That was one of Ryan's best throws that year when he hit Robinson and stride down the left left the side
0: you don't remember him and, toasting what was it dont or cromarty Marcus Cromartie in the 49er game I think it was
2: oh man, all right that, there was one game that was a blur from that season it was definitely the 49er game like that game was done by the fourth snap like
0: okay. th-
2: that game probably should not have been played you know and it's kind of crazy that Kaepernick was actually the quarterback at the time and he played fairly well but it's just in friend that defense was hopeless and Julio wasn't even healthy
0: so. yeah Sunu, I don't yeah. think Sanu played that game either
2: no, that was his return because he was out for the Rams game. That okay. was another. That was Jeff Fisher's last game ever. Ah, oh, man.
0: All right. Well, you know, you know what we're going to get into when we get to 2016. So we we got plenty right. to talk about there. What, what do we well, got? Well, on let, deck
2: let's, for... I want to wrap up quickly though, with the B12. Like, if you th- Can you think of any other signings? I remember I was excited about James Sanders, but that didn't really work out. I don't know. Calvin Hayden.
0: I mean, they did some, you know, I think Sanders was like an August pickup. They've done some decent August moves. Like Taylor oh, well, Gabriel was an all this move.
2: Oh, we could talk about a trade for a current top ESPN analyst Dominic Foxworth. Yes, which was a very savvy trade. Dimitri gets his cornerbacks right. All right, well Ty Hill. Ty, I was about savvy. to say I was thinking Ty Hill. Like,
0: he tried to do it again with Ty Hill the next year and it did not work out. Oh
2: man, Ty Hill! I was so excited. I was I was really trying to change my D'Angelo Hall twenty one jersey to a Ty Hill jersey because mm. he had a pick six. I want to say against the Redskins which I don't think we talked about in our 2009 review. I yeah. was not you know I know that blur. But uh, is that all the trades? I think so. Because I, I feel like if Andy time, first season was rough, but, you know, that definitely did pan out. Levitre was, man, 2016, 2017, Levitre was very good. I don't think enough credit. especially yeah. so as a run block. But, all right. Look, Thomas Dimitrov. Um, I guess I'm pro Dimitrov because we, we look similar. But, yeah. <laughs> but I can't. Like, I can't say he's uh, he's definitely deserving of criticism over the years. I think just in the trenches, we could say he's mostly botched particularly on the offensive side. Like besides Alex Mack and Lavetree, like you look at Jamont Brown, James Carpenter,
0: Harvey Dahl, letting him walk.
2: Oh yeah, but, it, like, is much... but like they fine. But like they I know, they but Dahl was a – But Dahl, he played what two more seasons, and he bowed out his injuries. Yeah, I mean like. Blaylock gave you what? 11 12 he he
0: four more seasons. He did. So but I, I four more seasons I'm again I'm not going to blame Justin Blaylock for the offensive line being bad, but he was the only good one. you know but like it was one of those things where like the fact that like when when the Falcons offensive line was pretty good in these early years starting in the 08 season, you know, Justin Blaylock was like the fourth best guy. And yeah, then, he was kind
2: of a liability.
0: And then, so when in later years, when they paid him after they paid him, and again, it's not Justin Blaylock's fault, and you know this is a Thomas Dimitrov issue because they let the rest of the offensive line deteriorate to the point that he was the second best guy, and and basically, you know, the difference of having a, a Tyson Clable, a Harvey Dahl, uh, a, a Todd McClure, those types of guys, and, and going to the Lamar Holmeses and the Peter Conses and the Garrett Reynolds of the world, you know, cream, yeah, completely submarined the Falcons offensive line. So, you know, it's not Justin Blaylock's fault, but you know, I think when you look at the price tags, like they paid Blaylock, like 37 million over like six years, which doesn't seem like a whole lot now, but back then was like top five guard money. Harvey doll got like 11 million over like three years from the Rams. And you're like, doll was the better player. Why that price tag, that price difference makes it well worth it. But
2: they had to pay clay too. Yep.
0: Yeah. Yeah,
2: a lot of things. But uh, anyway, let's transition to the 2008 season, which.
0: Well, wait, Alan, you know, before we get there, I want to let people know about the 50% off sale at BuiltBar.com. Everything must go Because Built Bar is selling off their entire inventory of 8 million bars with 100% of the profits going to organizations that support education, equality, and the end to poverty and racism. There's no better time to buy Built Bars, whether it's your first box or you're on your seventh box like me. Those that have tried Built Bar know that they can back me up when I say that Built Bars aren't like your average protein bar. They have less calories, less sugar, less carbs, more protein, more fiber, without sacrificing taste. All Built Bars have 100% real chocolate in them and come in a variety of flavors, peanut butter, coconut almond, German chocolate cake, mint brownie delight, double chocolate mousse, and so much more. Go to BuiltBar.com right now and take advantage of this offer of 50% off, over 15 flavors, all half off, at BuiltBar.com. So Alan, you were saying about the two thousand and eight season.
2: I think it's one of the most exciting seasons in franchise history. Going to the year, people project on what like, two and 14, 3 and thirteen, So, uh, maybe Chris Redmond will start the season. Uh was like I just remember getting like that man game and like there wasn't a player other than John Abraham over like a ninety overall. Like it was just bad. And not the basis of man because it was, look at the time I was fifteen years old. But it was just I yeah, just looked at this roster, I was like, wow, this team is dreadful. And it was wonderful, close to the ride that mostly had
0: ups. Yeah, I know it's 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 funny because like I think even the most optimistic Falcon fan might have thought they would be like five and eleven going into that year with a rookie quarterback. Matt Ryan was not a very popular draft pick. You know, I think a lot of people expected the Falcons to be one of the worst teams in the league because they were one of the worst teams in the league the previous year and they had a lot of unknowns. On that roster, but they got really good performances from a bunch of those guys, you know, that wasn't sort of peak Brent Grimes, but he went from a practice squad guy to, uh, uh, you know, a starter for half the season. You had Harvey Dahl, as we mentioned, I think he was on the practice squad in 07, and then he wound up starting at right guard, um, replacing Keenan Forney, who I just followed on Twitter because he joined Twitter in the last month or so, but that's a random Factoy for you on this trivia show, but
2: it will be on the 2004. Contest. Yeah.
0: Uh, so, um, yeah, it was just like, you know, they surprised. And obviously, you know, the the big reason as often is the case in the league is quarterback play. And they got one of a, basically a historically good rookie season from Matt Ryan. I, I think when you look at like metrics, I looked it up before we started recording adjusted net yards per pass attempt. I think it's still like the fourth best all time for a rookie starting quarterback, it's like Marino, Roethlisberger up to that point. You've had guys like Dak and RG three and Russell Wilson and Mayfield also have some really good rookie seasons since Ryan has had, but I think only maybe Dak and RG three and maybe I think Russell's about on the level. So those are only three guys that have a better rookie season. So Matt Ryan worst case is like top six rookie season of all time. And at that time, top three. And when you get that level of quarterback play, you know, coupled with the running game that Michael Turner brings to the table and the defense actually, you know, being halfway decent, you know, you get the success that the Falcons had that they were able to ride to the postseason.
2: You have to give huge credit just to the blocking. First off, guy that we both love, guy that's been on a podcast before, well, when it was the Falcons podcast. Wait,
0: did he ever make a appearance on lockdown? No.
2: no, I didn't. Okay. Well, Obi Mahaley, just watching the highlights. Wait, are you talking about? I thought like...
0: you were talking about Todd McClure.
2: No, 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 no I was talking Ovi Mahal. Oh, yeah,
0: Ovi's been on On. Todd McClure
2: Okay, okay. But both guys have been on the show before when it was foul fans. And uh just watching the blocking up front, like, look, Michael Term was a just monster. He was just running through so many tacklers. But you got to give credit to the blocking. Like, Ovi, every game was making huge blocks on the second level. McClure was doing his thing. You mentioned Harvey Dahl, and Enforcement, Tyson Claybo really came to his own. Uh Blaylock started to get better because people forget until the he essentially got benched. It was that bad? Sam Baker uh, but, was halfway
0: decent. His rookie. He year
2: got too. injured a bit, but yeah, he he also did his thing. But that offensive line really set them because going to the year, people really weren't sure. It's like okay, they got McClure. He's always been reliable. Besides that, Blaylock had a terrible rookie year. Dolls unknown. Claybo, no one really knew much. Like maybe he was kind of on the upswing, but it was still kind of like an average. He was kind of like Ryan Strader going to 2015 season. It was just more of, okay, he has a couple of good games in there, but can't do it for 16 games. Is it going to be sustainable? And, and Tyson Clay Bush sure did that. So I think the blocking for one, and look, I know people like to mock him, but given the time and just the way that team was set up, I thought Mike Arkey did a very good job just the way they, they set it up like Ben Hardstock Justin Field these, okay they're not going to stretch the field but these are good blocking tight ends they could sell on those play action basically like, they were very efficient in the red zone and I just thought the difference between just powering with Michael Turner and some of the play fakes, especially in that Green Bay game which I think that was the first game where I thought okay this team might actually do something because at the time Green Bay was considered one of the better teams in the NFC and to go to Lambeau and to beat them and they did pretty convincingly like I know it was a one score game at the end but it was just, essentially like an onside kick they scored garbage not garbage time but it was more of just you know it's like 27 27 17 and they kind of scored at the end but it's like an onside kick and you recover, you win like it wasn't once they recovered the kick it was over so to me that was a really good win and then, wow that bears game man, that was like the start of, okay this is gonna get fun which uh that's kind of how it kicked it off but what, what what was it for you what was the win for me it was green bay and then chicago was like okay we're gonna have fun this season what about you
0: yeah, it was the Bears game, not to sort of spoil it, but, like, that's going to be my highlight of the season. That, that, that wow, end of okay, of, that uh, would be me. Uh, of that Bears game to me because that was the moment where it was like, oh, this is different than previous years. So where it was just, like, watching Rashid Davis scored at what should have been the game-winning touchdown, like, with, what, like 11 seconds left, something ridiculous, and then for Lovey to, you know, give the Falcons a, a, a favor by squibbing that kick instead of kicking it deep which gave them decent field position. And Mike Brown blew the coverage um, that left Michael Jenkins open for that big play. But then Jason Elam hit the game winner after Jenkins made that great catch and Ryan made that great throw. And I just remember thinking like every other time being a Falcon fan, the Rasheed Davis touchdown with them basically blowing that lead at the end of the game and losing it in the final, you know, 11 seconds, 15 seconds, whatever it was. Oh, that's just classic Falcons for them to basically – You know, come back and and snatch the victory from the jaws of defeat, so to speak, uh, was to me like I just remember. You know, I don't know if it was a top ten. I mean, maybe it is. Like, if if it was a top ten all time moment for me in terms of like giddiness being a Falcon fan, but I remember walking out of a bar and being like, like this is a brand new era. Like, you know, you know, we're we're not, you know, we're not going to be the Falcons anymore. Obviously, you know. Uh, you know, we, we were able to ride that for a couple of years, uh, but uh, you know, it's just one of those things where like that was the moment that changed for me.
2: Wow, like it was a significant moment, but I didn't know it was that big for you because I remember when Elon hit the kick and like he was doing an interview, and like Laura Malloy basically tackled him during an interview. It was like, oh man, and these are two veterans I'm talking about, it just to be a part of that uprising in Atlanta because we kept hearing about the process. This is when the process was created, and you just saw week in week out, even when they lost, they. Barely got blown out. Okay. Maybe the first two games against mm-hmm. the Bucks and, and Panthers, it was on the road. It was kind of one-sided, but you know, that was, I think those early days where Ryan got kind of jittered in the pocket. And those are some good defenses. Like Tampa Bay and Carolina both were pretty solid that year. So I would think just bouncing off that, like even the other losses they had, like the, the Denver one was crazy because, oh man, that's like the one time I think during the season, Roddy White let everyone down because they should have touched a touchdown. But uh, then the New Orleans game was kind of crazy. what was the other loss? Oh, Philly. They always lose in Philly. So uh what, what can we say about that? That was one. I think the moment where I was like, okay, get Adam Jennings off the team because Adam Jennings just botched it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, they go, okay, enough with Adam Jennings. He's like, like, even though the season was great, there are a few players like, ah, they kind of got to go. Like Keith looked as we know in the playoff game, had to go. Laura Malloy missed a lot of tackles watching high Man, I thought Laura was solid that year, but no, he understandably got released and why they drafted William Moore the following year. And then Michael Bowley kind of fell off bed. Uh, I remember Coy Wire at one point was getting snapped. So, uh, there was, I think those are like the only like negatives, but for the most part, like going into November, like we quickly have to mention that Raiders game, how funny was it was. And yes, it does pay me that D'Angelo Hall Oh, man, he got served pretty bad by Michael Jenkins, nonetheless. By the way, would you say 2008 was Jenkins' best year? Because yes, I definitely. He made some huge plays. Like, people sleep on Michael Jenkins. Him and Finnerton made some big catches that season. Like, Finnerney was the third down guy, but Jenkins, like, in traffic. Like, him and Ryan had a great rapport. Don't forget about that.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, Jenkins got a, a contract extension that year because of how well he played that year. Um, and then, you know, went on by to way. Michael Jenkins still.
2: Another <laughs> thing I totally forgot, this is Jarius Norwood was also like, I remember Jarius yeah. Norwood was coming on, but he made some big plays because I forgot he returned kicks that year. Mm-hmm. And there were some moments where he was just taking it nearly to the house. Yeah, and it was the going, best year.
0: And, yeah, like, you know, I, I talked trash about Jarius Norwood on one of the previous episodes. I think it was 06,
2: right? Whatever. I'm not sure. I think I, you defended him because I told Chuck, I was like, yeah, Darren's not Jarius Norwood. And Chuck's like, what? I don't know when you did, but I think oh maybe 9 because that's when he got injured. Yeah, it was like it so was, it was
0: and I was I think I said on that whatever episode I think it was that oh six episode with Charles. I was like, yeah, he started sucking in oh eight, but it was oh nine that he started. So he was very good in oh eight, which I think was part of the reason why I got so mad at him in oh nine because he had like raised the bar so high. It was like because he was coming off a really good season where it looked like him and Michael Turner were going to be like one of the more dangerous one, two punches in the league. And then for him to basically fall off a cliff, literally every time he got the, the ball, cause he got hurt every time he got the ball, uh, you know, became very frustrating to me.
2: Jason Snelling was weighing the wings. It's okay.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And then we, uh, later on, yeah, we'll, we'll get to quiz Rogers. Yeah. Yeah. We'll get but, to
2: it we also have to mention, like, I still can't wait. We haven't talked about John Abraham yet, but this was easily his best year. Like, J. Abraham has had some really good years this year, like, 17 and a half sacks. I think he had, like, 31 hits, which is kind of crazy. There were some games. I think the Raiders game, the Lions game, there's a Carolina game in there. Like, he just absolutely took over it. There were just times. Oh, I thought, uh, if you remember the playoff ceiling win against Minnesota at that last drive, like, he stripped the Bears Jackson. Then he had, like, another pressure. There were just times where he was unblockable.
0: Yeah. And, I, like, what's funny, because we talked about this on the previous episode where we talked about sort of the backlash against Abraham where he didn't show up in big games, and I – re-watching – the The end of the Arizona game, because I, I just had to see the Keith Brooking thing all for, <sighs> to my eyes. The yeah. highlights didn't do it justice because I had to rewatch that play a couple of times. Be like, yeah, what was he thinking? Um, yeah. You know, maybe like in my, you know, 2020 knowledge, I could figure out something that yeah. he was thinking. But like, no, no. But,
2: hey, I watched the game too, so, I'm uh,
0: so I like, I think the, the narrative that Abe didn't show up in big games came from the Arizona game because he basically was held to like two tackles. Now, what's interesting because I remember I was rewatching the end of that game and they were talking. Chris Collinsworth and them were talking about how Abe had a quiet game or whatever the case may be. And what's funny is he made the tackle for loss on the second down on the on end the round of Steve, Yeah, the, the the reverse to Steve Breston that set up the third and sixteen instead of it being like a second and or a third and, and a makeable third down. So it, it's it's funny that like that narrative sort of stuck because he had a, a relatively quiet game. Although I think pro football focus still credit him with four pressures and a hit in that game. So it wasn't like he was, you know, shut down or anything. He
2: was getting pressure. It was just Fitzgerald. They couldn't cover and Bolden before he got injured was doing his thing. And just Kurt, Kurt was fine. And it was weird that Arizona with 95 year old Adrian James was establishing the run in that game. So yeah, it was a little bit of a, spot. but as we wrap it up, but yeah, Abe was phenomenal. Um, trying to think oh we gotta get credit to Dominic Foxworth, you know, because I just I think that was the year Tusk it was like, okay, Chris Houston's not here for a long haul like Chris Houston just in terms of awareness and ball location, just some of the worst ball skills. Like if you talk about a Sheik davis touchdown, like there was just one of the many times he got caught just in a position where he couldn't make a play on the ball. So I thought Foxworth definitely did his thing, even though that secondary was kind of rough, hence why twenty ten they had to splash the cash for Dante Robinson. <laughs> but Aaron, what was your favorite moment? It was the Bears one?
0: Yeah, it was the end of the Bears game.
2: I got to give it to the Carolina win at home where Turner had four touchdowns and just seeing them beat Carolina, I thought that was a really significant win. It kind of showed, okay, this team could seriously make a playoff now. And I think it was like a 425 game as well, so they got flexed up. And just seeing Turner dominate, uh, Abe did his thing, and there was just some big plays. Oh, we also have to give dude Harry Douglas, by the way. He flashed quite a bit this season. People are rocking yeah. their toes. Yeah, that I noticed Carolina that, Carolina game, he had the punt return. He had the 68-yard catch. He even made, like, two tacklers miss. Like, he was getting in this season. He was, like, a real explosive threat. So, uh, I'm not sure if this was Harry Douglas' best season necessarily, but it was definitely a time where I was like, well, he might be a future star.
0: Yeah, yeah. He had a great rookie year. I, I remember everybody was high on him. Then he got hurt in 09. And then... He was fought, like you know I didn't turn on Harry Douglas until twenty thirteen so I actually appreciated yeah, what Harry see. Douglas did his first couple of years in Atlanta so
2: well said, yeah I agree with that. But yeah I would I would say that Carolina game man if there was a moment I would probably say um, I would say probably that Harry Douglas punt return because it was just uh, it was great to see a punt return happen because I feel like even though Alan Rossman was great you rarely see a Falcons score on special teams uh, worst moment it's got to be brooking three sixteen
0: yeah. yeah.
2: Like we changed it from Austin three sixteen to Brooklyn three sixteen. Like it breaks my heart. <laughs> I don't know how we've on the play because him. He, this is how you knew the Falcons linebackers were rough in 20, uh, 2008, Excuse me. Was that on third sixteen? Their nickel linebackers were Keith, Brooking and Kurslaw.
0: Yeah, different era, guys. Different era. <laughs> oh man. Like, oh the, man, like these guys can't move. Yeah, like,
2: and that's how bad Michael Bully off. Yeah, that's man. your moment, right?
0: Yeah, no, definitely two
2: thousand eight. Legendary year besides 2016, my favorite year, just based on having zero expectation, just seeing so many stars emerge. Like, we didn't even mention Roddy White. That's how many crazy things happen. Like, this was Roddy White. Obviously, 2010 is probably Roddy White's best year, but 2008 he made a bunch of plays. So,
0: yeah, I thought it was funny rewatching the highlights and, and watching Matt Ryan, and he looked a little bit more like a gunslinger. And it just was a lot of just like, I'm throwing it up to Roddy and he's going to catch it. Sometimes he caught it, sometimes he didn't. Because I noticed like at, in the second half of the season, the Falcons started turning the ball over a little bit more. Um, right. It was one of those things where like I think for Matt Ryan sort of becoming more of that sort of, you know, live to play another down mentality didn't really get instilled in him until his second season. So, you know, if you, if you want to go back and, and see Matt Ryan sort of slinging it a little bit more and throwing off his back foot and doing some weird stuff that you, you wouldn't necessarily – game, yeah. You wouldn't yeah. expect Matt Ryan to do. Like, if you can go back and watch the 08 highlights, you'll definitely see some of that stuff.
2: There's definitely some YOLO bombs.
0: All right. So random shout-outs before we uh, uh, get uh, Dave and Kevin on. Uh, you know, this is why the Falcons traded for uh, Tony Gonzalez the following year because they're tied in. Had Marcus Pollard, Jason Raider, Ben Harsock, and, of course, the incomparable Justin Peel.
2: Can I say, I'll never forget Jason Rear for that fumble against the Bucks at the one-yard line. That was one of the few <laughs> plays I still nicest. remember, yeah. That should have been one of the best Matt Ryan touchdowns from that year, and he fumbled. At the, uh,
0: other, other randoms, Ben Wilkerson, back up to Todd McGlure at center, and uh, Kendall Moorhead, former Carolina Panther, was in the rotation at D-tackle.
2: He, he had a big sack against the Vikings that was recovered by Chauncey Davis.
0: And Shevis Jackson, who, you know, probably the quote unquote worst draft pick of that 08 class in terms of the early round guys that didn't work out, was yeah. actually good in, in 08 and had to pick six against the Saints to sort of seal oh, he, that win. He
2: was high stepping. Him and Jerry Starr were high stepping at the 30. I was watching the highlights, and Dion's like,
0: they high stepping at the 30. A lot of Chris it. Houston high stepping in the highlights as well.
2: Oh, man. Good times. Any other random shots? No, yeah, that's there. about it. I forgot about Kevin
0: Warhead. Yeah. Marcus Pillard. Oh, man. He played one game. Anyway. So, guys, we will be back with more from Dave and Kevin on today's Falcons Historian Shootout, where we will be asking them questions about the 08 season. But before we get there, I want to let you guys know that the Locked On Podcast Network stands against racism and social injustice. That's why we, the hosts, are making personal donations to local and national organizations that are fighting for change. And in the month of June, Locked On is matching the total of all host donations up to an additional $10,000. So to make your own donation along with us, please visit LockedOnPodcast.com slash Black Lives Matter. So, guys, we are back for another Falcons historian shootout where I, Aaron Freeman, is joined by my co-host, Alan Stirk, And we are joined by a pair of dueling guests who will duke it out over their trivia knowledge from the Falcons 2008 season. Both of them hailing from the Falcoholic. Of course, the head honcho, Dave Choate himself, joined going up against Kevin Knight, the young up and comer. And we'll sort of see who has the most trivia knowledge about the 08 season, the beginning of the Matt Ryan era, the beginning of the Mike Smith era, and not to forget the Thomas Dimitrov era as well. So um, as we often do on this show, we ask our guests what they were doing in their lives during the particular season that they're going to be competing over, as well as what their memories are. And Dave, of course, since you're the guru, uh, you know, what's what stage of, of, of fighting with falcons.com were you at in, in 2008? I think
3: we were getting along pretty well at yeah, that point. Yeah, that's true. I was, I, I was the young upstart. You had been around for a few years at that point. I was uh, a year and a half into it, I think. So um, I was fresh out of college. I was trying to make it work as a newspaper reporter, which was a terrible idea. Um, the Falcons were unexpectedly good. I, I, I still... I think back on it coming out of 2007 and, uh, you know, I, I never would have thought that the 2008 team was going to be special at all, um, that they were going to be a playoff team. Certainly not. I just thought, you know, they'd get some pieces together and hopefully get things back on track after the way the last year went. So it was kind of a magical season right up until Keith Brooking bit on the uh, most obvious play fake of all time
0: was it really even a play fake, but I'll let it go. I'll let it go. I know. It was 3rd and 16.
2: Like, who runs a play fake on 3rd 16? It was 16? so fake. It was just
0: like, you just dropped back the throw. And, uh, anyway, anyway, Kevin, save us so, from Cora ourselves.
2: Got, guys, we were joking about this. Like, this is how crazy it was, doesn't it, that the Falcons linebackers in that situation, it was 3rd and 16, they were playing nickel. It was Keith Brooking and Curtis Lawton two players you would not necessarily associate coverage linebackers. Those were not, very
3: different times.
1: Yeah, would not call them coverage linebackers necessarily, but I mean the other options. I mean, let's not pretend like their other linebacker options were significantly better in coverage. But yeah,
0: maybe a little bit. I mean, don't sleep than, on Stephen Nicholas like that, Kevin. No. You can't. Don't sleep him. on Koya. That's right. <laughs>
1: That's right. He was still. He was Nicholas was still good in coverage at this time. Like he didn't. You know, it was a late career Stephen Nicholas.
2: He's a legend. Always <laughs> will be. So, so, what do you remember of two thousand eight, Kevin?
1: Yeah, so that would have been my sophomore year of high school. Uh, I was not I was not really expecting much in a similar vein to Dave in terms of a great season. I did like Matt Ryan a lot you know I was excited to see how he developed I mean I was expecting like a decent season obviously better than 2007 and the you know darkness that enveloped that whole entire year but yeah I mean 11 and five like I mean it was it was crazy it was a lot of fun um and that just I mean it just goes to show like how big of a deal it is to hit on a quarterback at the top I mean if you if you hit on that pick I mean it changes everything and um I mean I I wasn't expecting you know Michael Turner he'd had some some good stops previously in his career but I mean he became a completely different player when he got to Atlanta I mean it was uh, a renaissance and uh, the defense was like surprisingly good too um which I was not expecting at all so I mean it Yeah, I'm glad you at least gave me a chance to talk about a season that wasn't terrible because after 2007, I need to wash that out of my mind. I'd almost forgotten it until you made me, like, remember it. So uh, thank you for for having, you know, a nice season here. talking about. Uh,
2: Before we move on, we have to address this, Dave, that you're one of the bigger advocates of drafting Glenn Dorsey over Matt Ryan. Do you want to address Uh. that?
3: Um, Yeah, Glenn Glenn Dorsey is a star in my heart, and he always will be. So... Um, I'm convinced that they would have won a Super Bowl with Glenn Dorsey doing nothing and Chris Redman carrying them. That's that's what would have happened, you
2: know. Or Brian Brom. Let's not forget about the Great Brom. Let's not forget about Brian oh,
0: Brom. No, Chad Henne was actually the Falcons' second choice after Matt Ryan. Oh, oh.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Would have worked out brilliantly.
2: Yeah. So, Henne's got uh, a ring, right?
0: Yeah.
3: Oh my! As we God.
1: all know, rings are the only way to evaluate quarterbacks. I mean, this is this is a straight up fact.
3: Yeah. Yep. Rings with a Z. Uh, uh,
2: so just to recap, everyone: uh, Kevin Knight beat Jason, but in the first round, three to one. And as we know, Dave Choke beat Aaron Friedman five to three in a rather convincing win. So uh, just to keep things civilized, I will be asking Dave five questions and Aaron will be asking Kevin five questions. And if we got to go to the tiebreaker, we got the tiebreaker ready.
0: Okay. All right. Who you want to start off with, Alan?
2: Uh, so I think since Dave. Went perfect in the first round. We can start off with Dave. Here we, go. Here we go. All right, Dave. First question: Who led the team at interceptions? Um, I'm gonna say Eric Coleman that year.
3: I think he had a good year.
2: That is correct. He's good. Yeah, only only at three, but hey, they made it work.
3: V- Vintage Falcons
2: <laughs> secondary season there. <laughs> Dude, they yes. were bad. Yeah, they were bad that year. Uh, Question two, name two of the Falcons' three third-round picks from that great draft class.
3: Uh, Let's see, Shevis Jackson.
2: Not the one I thought you would say, but yes.
3: (laughs) Oh, God. All of a sudden, my mind is convincing me that this is playing tricks on me. Um, And Harry Douglas? That
2: is correct. The other one was Uh, Thomas Deku. Oh,
3: yeah, that's right. For some reason, I was thinking he was second.
1: Yeah, I forgot Douglas.
3: I, I knew Deku. I I forgot Douglas was even in this fight. It was, it, you know what it is? It was the, uh, the Petrino connection that made me think maybe it was 2007.
2: But, uh, they had a second round pick, uh, I think from the D'Angelo Hall trade. They got Curtis Lofton and, uh, remember they trade up for the great Sam Baker?
3: They did. Oh, the legend.
2: Yeah. Oh, we beat that man to death. <laughs> Over the years, forget. before Matt Chambers on the moment. Question three: Michael Turner had a four touchdown game that season. Who was the opponent?
3: I'm gonna go with um, the same answer that helped me get my perfect score last time, and say the Tampa Bay Buccaneers.
2: Dave, that is your first incorrect <sighs> answer. It was Carolina. Curses. Oh. Question four. Falcons end the season on a three game winning streak. Name all three opponents they beat. Oh
3: boy. <clears throat> um two thousand eight. Saints, Panthers, Buccaneers.
2: Wow. Uh it was Tampa Bay, Minnesota, Saint Louis at the time. Saint Louis.
0: Damn it. Yeah. yeah, Steven Jackson had like three hundred yards rushing or something ridiculous and like yeah, Turner that's... had like 180, and, and Norwood had a bunch of yards. So it was just basically just teams running all over each other. Yep, Turner rings a, a
2: big bell. Michael Turner had a huge run, and then he got stripped of the one-yard line. I'll never forget that. He just cleaned it. I'm like, what just happened? Final question. Who did Matt Ryan's first career playoff touchdown go to?
3: First career playoff touchdown. I'm going to say, I don't know why this is sticking in my head, but I'm going to go with the great Adam Jennings. <laughs> No. It was, <laughs> it was just the appeal. Well, I'm proud to have gone down with,
2: with Adam Jennings. That's, uh, that's how I want to go. We we referenced Adam Jennings before, mainly just because of his inability to bear catch a pun correctly.
3: Yeah. Yeah. He uh <laughs> God he was around
2: for longer than he should have been. But That's exactly. uh, Wow. Dave only two for five after going uh, five or five in the first round. Somewhere Aaron's really bitter right now. I don't yeah. know.
1: Pull out Absolutely. all the stops for Aaron.
0: <laughs> all right, Kevin. Oh, that hurts.
1: Okay, so now I can't I can't throw. Okay.
0: All right. First question. This player caught a twenty six yard pass. This player caught a twenty six yard pass with one second remaining to set up the game winning forty eight yard field goal from Jason Elan against the Chicago Bears. Who was that player?
1: He didn't score on it, right? It was like uh it was to set up a kick, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh gonna go with uh douglas harry it was
0: douglas me, it was michael jenkins
1: oh, I was jenkins okay so i thought that would be too obvious <laughs> like it can't be Ryan. that'd be
3: too easy
2: you know like
3: keep going buddy you got it <sighs>
1: second
0: oh, one.
2: wait wait hold on aaron i just realized yes I, I just realized I, I, maybe,
0: maybe he wasn't paying attention
2: Guys, we kind of spoiled this right, and this is totally on me. Uh, Aaron, I don't know. Do you want to fix this up? I feel like we're giving it a gimme if this is totally on me.
0: um, I don't have a, a – a, a, Do
2: should, you, you want to use the t- the tiebreaker? I, I
0: can use the tiebreaker, I guess. Yeah,
2: use the tiebreaker, and if we get to a situation, we'll figure the question on the spot. Okay.
0: Hundred
2: hundreds of my fault, guys. Right? I just realized. Uh, for, for you guys wondering, it was basically this, the question that we can't use now was the Sam Baker one.
1: Oh, yeah, because
2: we've talked about him. Yeah, because, yeah, oh, yeah. you know, sometimes I just run my damn mouth to yeah. a New Yorker. So my but, apologies. So I what, take the time.
0: What's funny is, like, sometimes we've done this where we someone has said something that was an answer to a question and he completely forgot it by the time we got to the questions. But, but this
2: was totally blatant. Yeah. Bro. So yeah, my apologies. Yeah. So, all right, you can take the
0: time. All right. So you're getting a tiebreaker. Now, if, if we actually have to go to a tie, this is going to be weird. Um, John Abraham led the team in tackles for loss. Who finished second?
1: So who finished second in Texas for loss? Okay. Uh, i do trying to even remember who else was on that defensive line. Um, I'm going to go with uh, Babs, Jonathan Babineau.
0: That is correct.
1: Yeah. I think he's literally the only other person on the defensive <laughs> line that I, I knew the name of, so.
0: How can you disrespect Kendall Moorhead like that?
1: <laughs> I, I, I really <laughs> thought
2: you you were going to go with Jamal Anderson.
1: Oh, no. I know he wasn't good. Oh. Yeah, that that would have been, like, a great troll answer, uh, like, just, like.
0: Okay, Kevin, question three. This player finished third on the team in both yards from, oh, I'm sorry. This player finished third on the team in both yards from scrimmage and touchdowns.
1: Third in yards and touchdowns. Okay. Um, so total yardage, not just receiving. Yeah, rushing,
0: rushing and receiving.
1: Okay. Yeah, yeah, so it was uh, Norwood then, Jarius Norwood. That is correct. Yeah, because I remember he had like a really good season as a receiver.
0: So if he gets this question right, he wins, right?
2: Yes, sir. Okay. Mm-hmm. All, right.
0: All right, question four. This player ranks second on the team with four sacks in two thousand
2: eight. Oh
1: God, I already, I, I, I already exhausted my like two players. I do. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, you can throw out Kendall Moorhead if you want.
1: <laughs> no, because you would have like you know called off the, the question if you had like revealed it or whatever. I mean I guess I just I don't, I can't remember who else was on the team, so I'm just gonna go with Babs again. Uh but John, I, I guess I'm about to go with Jonathan Babineau because I don't remember the other people on the defensive line.
0: Chauncey <laughs> Davis was the correct answer. Oh okay.
1: Yeah, I got you. It
2: just it Great just nut runs with like Chauncey Davis. <laughs>
0: Look I, if, <laughs> if there's anything that's gonna come out of this Falcons historian shootout is all the younger Falcon fans will appreciate Chauncey Davis if for no other reason we're than we're gonna the fact make that- sure he's yes. <laughs> the impossible dream
2: <laughs> oh for a second kevin might have rookie croy bierman
1: yeah i mean i i don't remember him playing very much this season so that was uh, i mean if he got four seasons that maybe if he got four sacks this season maybe that would have justified you know the coaching staff's faith in him going forward but <laughs> i don't remember that being the case
2: so
0: <laughs> all right kevin Got to get this one right because we don't really have a tiebreaker.
2: Okay. Uh, No pressure. I'm I'm working on it. (laughs) Okay.
0: All right. Question five. The hardest question. So good luck. All right. This offensive lineman recovered a fumble in the end zone for a score after Matt Ryan got helicoptered at the goal line trying to scramble for a touchdown. The Falcons went on to win that game, marking the last time they've won a game in the state of Minnesota. Who was that offensive lineman?
1: So I guess I assume it's one of the starters. Uh, so that limits it.
0: Got a 20% chance of getting Yeah,
1: it's a 20% right. chance, yeah. So it was, if it was a fumble for Matt Ryan, I'm going to, like, use my deductive powers here. So it's probably an interior guy because the tackles would have had to, like, you know, run further to get to the ball, I think. Uh, so I think I – okay, let's see. All right, well, I'm just going to have to guess somebody. Um I'm gonna go with Justin Blaylock.
0: That is correct.
1: What? <laughs> oh, <laughs> Gave <his> heart heartbroken. <laughs> oh God!
3: Oh. That's my own fault. You know, you gotta, you gotta play better. You gotta, you gotta show up. <laughs> so. He was
2: waiting for him to say the mud dog.
3: Oh, I, was I was honestly
1: about to say McClure, but I was like, uh, or or Doll, and I was just like. Uh.
3: That's the first time in his life that Justin Blaylock has made me unhappy.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's like oh, I remember Justin Blaylock, he's good, you know, they they were all pretty good.
0: Uh, wow. Well yeah, no, that was a
1: total guess, so you don't don't feel bad. <laughs> it was not, you know.
0: It's a, <laughs> it's a
3: good clean win. I respect him.
2: I mean, if it has to
1: come down to a if it has to come down to a guess, you know, then that's it. That's a respectable win.
0: I think so. Very a lot of drama. I can't wait another to edit heavy
2: Another heavyweight goes down.
1: <laughs> oh, I, it's okay. I do. I'll carry the torch, Dave. I got you.
0: I hope so. I hope so.
1: Adnan's still in it, too. We could have all five yeah. final. Yeah, that, that's the game. That's the goal right now. we got We got to get there.
2: One way, way or the other. Uh, Kev, so coming up in the second finals, you've got the 2004 season, so – yeah, to be a big flashback.
1: 2004. Okay, I'm pretty sure I was like eight years old for that season. So I'm gonna, I'm yeah, gonna have to too. like, uh, have to do some research yeah. here on that one. Yeah.
3: Oh, that hurts. That hurts me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, Dave would have cleaned that one up.
3: Yeah. Man. <laughs> uh DVD would have been great. Uh,
2: all, all those Des White questions, David just
1: nailed.
2: <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, come on. That was my guy.
0: All right, guys. Appreciate you guys joining us uh, for another Falcons historian shootout, Dave. I, I'd like to believe i like to say that I'm sad to see you go, but you know it's karma. If I if you ask, me d-
3: <laughs> I figured you'd be asking me the questions.
0: Right, I was yeah. expecting I was- to get
3: Kendall had <laughs> questions. That's what threw me off.
0: Guys, uh, <laughs> uh, go ahead, plug your stuff, Kevin. Since you are the victor, go ahead. Uh, plug your social media as well as what you're, what Dave's got you working on and sort of what he's probably going to uh, increase that workload for this great summer content just as payback for this uh, victory.
1: Yeah, I'm sure he's got some some stuff uh, on the Trello ready to go uh, and just in case the situation arose but uh, I am at Kevin on Twitter. Uh, today I put out uh, round four of our Falcons redraft so for those of you following along Falcons have Uh, We had to pick at 16 because of our draft position, so we we couldn't get Matt Ryan, but we got Ryan Tannehill, Travis Kelsey. uh, We got Keenan Allen, and then in the fourth round, we got defensive tackle Cam Hayward from the Steelers. So we got a nice, you know, win now uh, team brewing there. So you can check out that and the other results from that draft on thefalconhawk.com.
0: Dave, what you got on deck? Just –
3: Sadness now. I don't know. My heart's not in it. 2008 so yeah.
0: retrospective.
3: Uh, you can find me at the Falcoholic on Twitter. Um, and, you know, we're wrapping up our who's got the best position groups in the NFC South, which is a pretty depressing exercise because it's the Saints mostly. Um, but going to get into a lot more thinking about, you know, what this next season might look like. Um, in the next couple of weeks and if there is indeed a season to look at. So um, I guess I did end on a depressing note there.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Always with the the caveat, if there's a season. But we'll we'll see how it goes. We're all crossing our fingers right now. Exactly. Otherwise, we're going to have to start doing Falcons historian Shootouts for like the 1976 season by the time we get to September. That's all you learn.
3: That would be a lot of fun.
1: Gonna start simming the
0: season mad in here pretty soon. So. <laughs> Steve Bartkowski, that's all I know about the, the those old teams. That's about it.
2: There's usually like a few people on Twitter that'll get at me, they'll say, um the I talk about like best pass touchers, like I always say like Johnny Abraham's the greatest ever, and someone will go, Claude Humphrey, you've never watched him. I'm like, No, he was born nineteen ninety three.
0: They didn't people have television me. back then with Claude Humphrey was to play for the Falcons. <laughs> You had to hear about him on the radio. Yeah, they were, they were broadcasting a... games via Telegraph. Um... Yeah, they get the newspaper. Read right up to you know, Humphrey Sacks, stop. <laughs> and D
2: was still wearing a bow ties. <laughs> <laughs>
0: still the king. Guys, we really do appreciate it. Hope uh, Kevin, obviously, will get another opportunity to chat with you. Dave, as the most frequent guest on this podcast. I'm sure we will have another opportunity to to chat with you. Hopefully it will be about the upcoming Falcon season later this summer and whatnot. So looking forward to that.
3: Let's hope so. Take it easy guys. All right. Yep. Thanks guys.
0: Have a good night. All right guys. Another Falcon's historian shootout in the books. Congratulations to Kevin for the pulling the victory out of his uh, behind, as they say uh, completely. But that was a thrilling victory.
2: What an upset, kind of an ugly upset, uh, considering some of the matches we've had, three to two, not something you want to see in the core finals, but sometimes it's got to get ugly.
0: Yeah. You know, especially when, when, when your co-host is, you know, undermining your questions. <coughs>
2: I will take full responsibility for that. I was did you did you come up
0: with a tiebreaker by the end? By the time Kevin was answering the question, did you come oh, up with a I new tiebreaker? I was
2: just gonna say uh who had the most passes defense.
0: Okay. So I I did
2: have it prepared. But I, I will, let's get I will take full accountability. I was blabbering a little too much and I will now it's the first time I've done this, okay, so I don't That's wanna get fair. too much heat for it. If you wanna give me some heat you can but I don't want too much because it hasn't yet happened yet and I'll make sure for twenty eleven In 2004, it won't happen because I will be in the 2012 one, and I fully expect to be in the 2016 one because that will be the final, which I expect to be in. So I won't have to worry about asking questions. Unlike some people, I don't have to worry about asking questions all the time.
0: Okay. All right. All right. Well, okay. Appreciate it. Uh, Thanks, Alan. So, guys, we have another Falcons historian Shootout coming later this week, 2011, with uh, Matt uh, Chernoff and and Brad Rowland. And uh, we'll get the opportunity to talk about Brent Grimes. I know that for sure in 2011, oh, Ray Edwards.
2: Talk, talk Ray Edwards you're talking about the final Mike Malarkey season mm-hmm. of this installment. We,
0: we because, get to talk about that dirtbag offensive line that the Falcons had, according to Justin Tuck, all that stuff. Oh, that's right.
2: <laughs> uh, I guess I'm going to have to talk about the, me going to the Giants-Falcons playoff mm, game. Yes. Uh, the only time I've been to a Falcons game as a fan where my – Double XL, Roddy White jersey. You know, those two points didn't react one bit. I just said, oh, they better score a touchdown. We got, they got to score a touchdown. Touchdown just never came. Mm-hmm. Just never came.
3: Never came.
2: <laughs> 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 and then uh, Hakeem Nixon, Dominique <laughs> Franks Wisely against each other. And it was all over. Hakeem <laughs> Nixon. Hmm. So, yeah, 2011. Pretty. Pretty mess season. This is like, I have all the playoff years that we've done. This is the biggest met one. I enjoy 2017 a lot more. Obviously 2010 was fun and this one was one of my favorites. there. 2011 was kind of a underwhelming season, but we, we have to get into it and there's a few highlights we can talk about. Yeah. You know, Holy Jones is rookie year. So yeah. that'd be cool to talk about. So yeah. yeah, we got that. We got that coming up. So be on the lookout.
0: Yeah. So guys, uh, be on the lookout for that, by subscribing to the Locked On Falcons podcast uh, on your favorite podcast platform, including Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And of course, while you're subscribing to Locked On Podcast, go ahead, and subscribe to the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast with Ben Solak and Trevor Sikema They're going through their summer scouting series, looking ahead position by position to the upcoming 2021 draft. So for all you draft obsessives a.k.a. the anti-Alan Sturks out there. Uh, You know, subscribe to that podcast so you don't miss a beat on that upcoming draft coverage to sort of see where these guys are going into the season. And then we'll obviously, hopefully, in nine months or whatever it is, be talking about how these guys look coming out of the season. So subscribe to Locked On NFL Draft Podcast on your favorite podcast platform, including Apple Podcasts and Spotify.
2: I don't have a retort for that comment, but I just want to give a huge shout out to Trevor. He's the man.
0: Look, did I did I lie? Like you have no those feelings on the tar-
2: shot? It was unnecessary shot.
0: Like you don't I, care okay. about the draft until like two days before the draft. That's basically is that the, not the truth?
2: I, w- I, w- I would say two months, but okay, like okay. you know,
0: but yeah, you gotta get shots in it. <laughs> okay, you know, it's, you know that's how we that's how we're doing it. Someone always is reminding people that someone lost in the first round, so might as well take my shots when I get the other. You are locked on Falcons, your daily podcast on the Atlanta Falcons part of the locked on podcast network your team every day hello ladies oh hey <laughs> hey <what's> up <laughs> that's <was> offensive I... <laughs> so how are you guys doing tonight good 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 dave how was your day bad. for you
3: wasn't too bad um, i got chinese food so hey. that's really all i really wanted
2: so <laughs> what, what you drinking over there dave
3: uh, just got an ipa from a place down the street
2: so nice. awesome so,
3: <laughs> I had a blueberry pancake beer the other day. That was pretty good. Ooh, oh, man, I like
2: blueberry, but now I don't know about blueberry pancake. Like, is there any sort of difference between? Because you know, it's like blueberry blue point.
3: Yeah, it's it mm. tasted like blueberry pancakes with maple right. syrup. It was
2: weird, but it was good. <laughs> that's now, Aaron, you don't look. Too, Aaron, you don't look like you're feeling that.
0: No, it's just, I'm just I was curious. That's all. Um,
2: <laughs> I know Aaron. Aaron loves his PBR. He just he went out. <laughs> <laughs>
3: I, I can never say no to a good PBR. That's my. Yeah, okay. uh, that's
1: my definitely jacket. the best. It's definitely the best cheap beer. I mean, oh yeah, that, the Coors Light. I like the Coors like
0: Light. Coors like Light, it. okay, okay, it's not bad. Oh, man. every time I taste a Natural Light, I just it gets transported back in time to when I was oh, yeah. twenty-one years old and <laughs> no. dead broke in college. Tastes like oh, college yeah. to me. Just bad beer. It <laughs> tastes like college. It really does.
3: That is the perfect description of it. Oh my
1: god! Pretty much. Yeah. I think it was Keystone when I was going up. Yeah. Oh. up with some stones, lying. you know. Yeah.
3: <laughs> I just remember uh, there was this pizza place on campus and. You know, you'd always go because it was cheap. It was like a buck a slice, and you would go there when you were really drunk, and the pizza always tasted amazing. And right after I graduated, I went there totally sober and got pizza. and I was like, "This is disgusting! You <laughs> this know, it's is terrible." i <laughs> had been eating it for like four years. Thought it was great.
2: <laughs> was it just a regular slice, or was it like pepperoni?
3: It was. it was always just a cheese slice, you know, and it oh, just man. tasted great when you were completely hammered.
1: Yes. Apparently yeah. Not otherwise. I said Taco Bell makes (laughs) their money, (laughs) so...
3: No disrespecting the bell here. Yeah,
1: yeah.